And we have to keep, once again, budget into account, right? And accessibility. I think that's a really important thing to consider as well as, and a lot of times you'll hear on social media that if you're not eating organic, you shouldn't be eating it at all. And you know, the problem is people aren't consuming enough fruits and vegetables, period. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Rachel Cruz Show podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. So in this episode, we are going to talk through ways to save more money, and I'll go over which generation is the best with their money. Then you'll hear a conversation I had with Shanna from Wellness for the Win on Healthy Aldi Finds. She proves that it is possible to eat healthy on a budget. You won't want to miss that conversation. But first, let's talk about ways to save on your energy bill this winter. Take a listen. Yes, I know it's an exciting topic, but this is a place where you can save money. It's so, so important to be thinking about it, especially since we're all kind of stressed out about how expensive life is. This is going to help. So think expenses like your electric bill, your gas bill, all of that. And I know for me, I just brace for the winter when I know I see that those costs are going to rise, rise, rise. I'm like, no. And in fact, studies show right now that 40% of Americans are struggling to pay household expenses, and that is up 13% from last year. Thank you, inflation. So every little bit helps. And the good news is here, there's a lot of easy things that are actually really not expensive to help you fight the rising energy costs. So here are five of the simplest energy-saving devices out there. First and foremost, curtains. I know, you're thinking, what? But hear me out. About 30% of heating loss happens in a home through the windows. And a little known trick is that thick curtains, also called thermal curtains, can actually help you keep warm air in. So I love these as well because these type of curtains are also blackout curtains. So it's kind of a win-win, you know, you get a really dark room and it saves you some money. So you can find these anywhere. So Target, Amazon, Wayfair, Pottery Barn, and the prices start at just $20. Next up, you've probably heard this trick before, but it's a cruise number one trick, the LED light bulbs. Winston went around our home, changed up basically all of our light bulbs to LED, and we haven't gone back since. What's crazy is LED bulbs use at least 75% less energy than normal light bulbs out there, and they last 25 times longer. Is that not unbelievable? So you're not gonna see a massive savings like immediately, but over the course of time, you will, and you do not have to replace light bulbs, like literally for like years and years and years and years and years and years, it's crazy. So it could end up saving you thousands of dollars over a decade or two. And for those of you who think that LED lights throw off the ambiance, where there's many different colors to choose from, from warm white to soft white to amber coloring, you get all the options. All right, you guys, up next, this is a energy saving device that you can utilize, and you may not believe me, but it's true. You ready? Ceiling fans. Yep, that's right. Your ceiling fan can actually help you save on your heating bill. So here's what you gotta do. You have to get your fan to spin clockwise instead of counterclockwise. So counterclockwise is usually what the fan is on for the summer months to keep the room cool. So again, we're getting a little scientific here, but it's so fascinating. When heat rises by switching the direction, you're actually gonna help trap the heat to the top of the room for it to move down. And it's like this beautiful motion. So there's a little switch on the base of your fan. You just gotta just turn it up 
click it, click it the other direction to go clockwise and make sure to put it on the lowest setting to the lowest spin. And there you go. I mean, is that not crazy? When I saw that, I was like, that's, that is science for you. We learn something new every day. All right, another very basic device that can help your heating bill come in low is a draft guard. So again, kind of a terrible name, but it's just this decorative little thing that you put at the bottom of your door, the base of your door, to block the cold air from getting in. And again, it's something as minimal as a little vinyl strip, or you can get very personalized, and you get a crochet weighted wiener dog that fits at the width of your door frame. So again, it's there, but what's crazy about this one is this little device, that little strip that just sits at the bottom of your door can reduce your heat loss in the winter by 10 to 20%, you guys. And it doesn't cost except for like 20 bucks. So that will save you some money. Now, this last energy saving device, it's a little techie, but it's not complicated. And it's a smart plug. This is something else the cruises have all around our home. So a smart plug is just a small device that plugs directly into your wall outlets with the same outlet opening. So you can plug lamps in, TVs in, whatever you want. What's great about these too is it can connect to your Alexa or your Google Home. So for us, we'd say, Alexa, turn living room on and our lamps come on. It's great. And then we also have smart plugs around that then cut off the lamps or the lights that we want at night. So this helps you save money too. Because if you accidentally leave the light on, but you're using your smart plug app, then you can turn it off or you can set it where it automatically goes off. And even your home entertainment center that's plugged in all day using standby power, even when no one's home watching it, that is still charging your bill. So you can plug this in, again, turn it off when those devices aren't being used or no one's around and it will save you energy. And these costs only around 10 to $30. So I think this stuff is fascinating. I always love finding little ways. And yes, it's not going to change your whole life. But being able to save little bits on our energy bill not only just makes us feel better in life, but it puts money back in your pocket. So I would encourage you, look at your budget. If you're doing every dollar, pull it up because you can compare year to year on your bills and what's going on. And you can see, okay, have things changed over the years? There are these little things that we implement actually could save us some money. So hopefully this gave you a few ideas, again, to save on your energy bills. Being free to make your own medical decisions is a big deal. Christian Healthcare Ministries lets its members choose the providers that they want without worrying about networks. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. I'm so excited about this episode because we're going to be talking about Food, yes, it's the one area of our budgets that always gets busted. So today I decided to bring on a guest that knows everything about this topic. So I am bringing on Shanna Hutchinson from a very popular lifestyle blog and food blog where she talks all things about saving money, how to eat healthy. It's all the things that we need to know people. So Shanna, thanks for being on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to dive into this topic as both a dietitian and a food lover, this is my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> I love it. I know because, yeah, you're trained in this, so you do know the, the science behind it, which is so important. But also being a mom of now two, you're expecting your second. And, I mean, it's life can be crazy. So kind of talk through what caused you to start this blog and what are some of the, the ways that we can stay healthy and the importance of it. Yes, absolutely. So, 
long story short, I kind of went through my own personal journey with my relationship with food. And I have always had kind of an interest in health and nutrition. And so I went to Kansas State University and they they happened to have dietetics as a degree. And I was like, wow, that would be amazing to make, you know, something I'm so passionate about my profession. And so that's kind of how I got into dietetics. And I actually started my blog back in, way back in 2015, which was kind of before, you know, social media blew up and blogging was much of a thing. And it was very much just a, a hobby and kind of a passion project at the time. And I was primarily sharing healthy recipes and you know, a variety of articles on nutrition topics and things like that. And it has very much evolved over the years as, you know, I've gone through different seasons of life, like pregnancy and becoming a mom and things like that. Because like you said, things change a lot when you're in those seasons. And so I can very much relate to new moms and, you know, families and kind of what they go through in terms of their nutrition and things that they have to consider with their health. Um, And so I'm very passionate about helping, especially women have, you know, a good relationship with food in their bodies while also caring about their, nu- their nutrition at the same time, which I think can very much overlap. Um, but there's a lot of information out there on, you know, social media these days that makes it really hard for us to, to sift through all the noise and understand, okay, what the heck should I be eating? What is good for me and what's not? And of course, there's so many different diets and th- stuff that's out there. Um, so it's just really hard for, for women, especially, I think. So that's kind of what I'm really passionate about helping with. Yes. Oh, I love that so much because it is, it can be complicated. You get mixed messages. It can feel overwhelming. Yes. You don't really know where to start. So so let's go kind of to the basics of what are a few items in our pantry that just need to be staples? Because I think sometimes we we can go in and we're like, oh my gosh, we I don't even know what we have. I don't know if I have enough of this. <laughs> and it can kind of start, it can, it can get overwhelming, especially if you want to do something last minute and cook something last minute. So right. what are some staples that everyone needs to have? Yes, good question. And with that too, since you mentioned this, I always encourage people to take a quick inventory of their pantry and you know their overall kitchen before they go to the store because that can help so much with saving money, reducing food waste, because there's nothing worse than getting home and having like two new jars of salsa and being like, oh my gosh, I already yes. have five <laughs> jars of salsa in the in the pantry. So, you know, take a quick inventory, you know, just a mental snapshot of what you have. That can be very helpful. Um, but yes, I have tons of different pantry staples that I recommend and that I always keep on hand myself. So I have a few all these specific ones that I can kind of show you. So various nuts, I think are such a great option to have on hand. They're easy as a snack, um, you know, to provide some good healthy fats and some protein, but they're also things that you can throw into a variety of recipes as well. Um, so that's a big one. And as far as what to look for, for in terms of ingredients, you know, I think there's once again, a lot of confusion about ingredient labels and what we should be, you know, looking for and avoiding and a lot of messaging that says, you know, if you can't pronounce it, you shouldn't eat it or something like that. Um, And I think it's important to know that there are a variety of foods where they've been fortified or nutrients have been added back to them. So sometimes when you see a really long, confusing name of something, it's just the name of a vitamin that's been added. So, Mm. um, you know, try not to worry so much about that. But with that said, there are some amazing options too that we can keep on hand that are minimal ingredients. So for example, you know, something like dried fruit or like freeze-dried fruit, where the only ingredient in this is mango. 
that's it. So that's really simple. You know exactly what you're getting. Um, and it's a really, you know, basic whole food. And it just happens to be in shelf-stable form, which is awesome. Yes. Um, and then things like chia seeds. You know, these I use all the time. And I have a, a healthy um, homemade berry jam chia recipe. And chia seeds, I use these uh, for that all the time. But also like overnight oats and a variety of recipes. So that's a great one too. Um, something that I keep on hand all the time for my son is their canned fruit from Aldi. So they have a bunch of options. Um, these have no added sugar. So that's a big thing to look for. And I know we'll kind of get into that a little bit more. Um, but looking for options where, especially again, when it comes to like dried fruit, for example, there's oftentimes going to be options that do have added sugars. So again, just checking the label and seeing the ingredients list. And oftentimes it's going to say sugar and then mango um, or vice versa. And then, so for something like this, where it's just mango, you know, there's no additional sugars added to it. Um, and so same with something like this, especially when you're feeding it to your kiddos and your littles, you oftentimes don't want to have those added sugars. Um, so you can straight up see here, it says includes zero grams of added sugars. So they make it really easy for you. Um, so things like that. Um, I love keeping pasta on hand. You know, this is a good whole wheat spaghetti from Aldi. Um, and they also have some great um, gluten-free options too. So like a chickpea rotini, that's from Aldi as well. Um, and once again, the only ingredient here is chickpea. So um, those are just some good things to look for and, you know, minimal ingredients. Um, when it comes to like grain foods specifically, so things like pasta or breads, um, you know, look at the ingredients list. And ideally we want to aim for more of those whole grain options versus more of like the white refined options because they've kind of taken out that good fiber component that we want. Um, so you can look at the ingredients list and ideally we want the first ingredient to start with the word whole. So for example, here you can see it says whole organic whole wheat flour. So um, that can be another good little like tip to look for. Um, so hopefully that helps. I also have some oils here. So like they're extra virgin olive oil and their avocado oil. Um, so yeah, just lots of good, good staples. I think grains like brown rice, quinoa, the whole grain pasta. Let's see. Oh, I'm a huge fan too of canned beans. Those are so nice to keep stocked in the pantry. They're an amazing source of some plant-based protein can be thrown into such a wide variety of recipes as well. So um, those are some of my, my main go-tos. I could probably go over a ton more because no, all these is my go-to. Um, so yes. <laughs> yes, I know. So yeah, you love the, specifically shopping at Aldi, which is amazing. So many yeah. of my viewers and listeners, <laughs> that is their favorite place too because you can still buy so much healthy stuff, but again, it helps to keep it in the budget and it's budget friendly. So one of the words people hear all the time when it comes to eating healthy is organic. So what are the things that people should buy that are organic? And then what are the things that you're like, mm -hmm. eh, you can skip on that? Oh gosh, this is such a complicated and of course, highly controversial topic. So what I want to say is that our food supply is incredibly safe. And we, you know, we know that if pesticide residues are present on our foods, they're in such low amounts, well below the limits that they've determined to be safe for consumption. So whether it's organic or conventional produce, it's all safe to, to eat. Um, and we have to keep, once again, budget into account, right? And, and accessibility. I think that's a really important thing to consider as well as, you know, again, a lot of times you'll hear on social media that if you're not eating organic, you shouldn't be eating it at all. And, you know, the problem is people aren't consuming enough fruits and vegetables, period. Um, so the last thing we want is for people to feel scared of consuming fruits and vegetables because they are incredibly nutritious and great for us. Um, so absolutely don't be afraid 
afraid to eat conventional produce. Whether, you know, and there's also a lot of misinformation and confusion around pesticides, once again, with organic. Organic doesn't mean no pesticides. It just means they have different types of pesticides they can use. And once again, you know, the levels are have to be at a certain limit where they're deemed safe to consume. Um, so... Again, there's a lot of different things that kind of go into it, but um, at the end of the day, I would say do what you feel comfortable with, what kind of aligns with your family's values, um, but most importantly, your budget and what you feel comfortable doing. Um, so, for example, you know, there's a lot of items at Aldi. Like I mentioned, you know, I have a wide variety of things here that are organic because they're products that that I happen to love, and they're also very affordable and accessible to me. So. Yeah you know, I go ahead and get them. But, you know, if you're comparing, you know, um, frozen uh, conventional blueberries versus organic and they're twice the cost and that doesn't feel accessible to you, that's okay. Like, it's really okay. Um, so just, you know, take those things into account. There's a lot more I can say on that, but hopefully that helps kind of break it down a little bit. <laughs> no, it does for sure. Because I think it's one thing to say, okay, just because it says organic, on it, do some research and really understand what that means. Right. If something that's not organic, do some research and understand what that means and take a holistic exactly. approach with everything from your health, also what is available there at the store, to your budget, all of it. So it doesn't have to be the sweeping, you know, extreme one way or the other, but do your research and be smart about it. Yeah, I love that. That's so, so good. Okay, so so when it comes to Aldi, I know you have a ton of stuff, you know, with you right now, but will you just like yeah. throw out maybe, I don't know, two or three recipe ideas with some ingredients that you're like, these are really inexpensive, they're healthy, and it makes a great meal. Maybe even it's quick to cook, if that's a bonus, but yeah. uh, something to help. <laughs> yes. I, think it, I think it is hard sometimes and can be overwhelming, especially when it comes to, to meals like dinner. Absolutely, yes, yes. That's one of the biggest things I hear is people are so overwhelmed by, again, especially when you're feeding a family, weeknight dinners are so stressful for moms, especially not to generalize, but that oftentimes falls on, you know, the mom. Um, so I have a ton of recipes on my blog actually that you can refer to, but, um, in even the one include all the exclusive ingredients. So some of the big ones that come to mind would be, um, I have some really easy chicken and black bean enchiladas. So easy to whip up. They provide amazing leftovers for like work lunches and they're even freezer friendly. So that can be a great option to make maybe like a double batch and then and have, you know, a, an extra to pull out on a busy week when you don't have time to cook, um, something like that. Or I also have a great recipe for steak kebabs um, with ingredients from Aldi. Of course, now that we're moving into winter a little bit, um, grilling is not quite as accessible, but um, you can also cook those in the oven. I have another one for um, crockpot lasagna. That is um, one of my more popular recipes this time of year with it being, you know, a little bit colder outside and it provides, again, a really big amount of food. The leftovers are amazing, and it's super easy to throw together. And who doesn't love a Crock-Pot meal? So those are some of the, the big ones. So you showed some of your favorite pantry items earlier that were, I think, all from Aldi. So other people that are shopping and they're thinking, okay, I want to eat healthy. What are some other just good go-to healthy items at Aldi? So again, they can eat healthy and save money. 
Well, I am consistently so impressed with the produce section at Aldi. I am, you know, again, I'm like preaching about Aldi 24-7 on my social media. So when people go, they're amazed as well at the selection and also the prices. So some of my go-tos, you know, the, the produce section is, in my stores anyway, it's the first thing that you walk into. So I always stop and grab a couple of things of baby spinach. Um, they also have some amazing salad kits that are really nice for an easy lunch or dinner option. Um, another unique item that they have that I love is they have bags of mini avocados, um, which I think are really nice for people who struggle to like go through avocados without wasting half of it or more. Um, so they're easy to eat. I mean, I usually eat them in one day, um, but those are really great and extremely affordable. Again, compared to when I go to other stores, I'm appalled at the price of avocados compared to Aldi. Um, one of my other favorites, I love, they have some really good whole grain breads. Um, like their seed-tastic bread is really, really good. Um, their restaurant-style salsa, which might sound like a silly item, but it is absolutely amazing. Um, they have a ton of frozen fruit blends that I love as well that I always keep stocked um, for smoothies and stuff too, mm -hmm. um, as well as bananas, which I don't, you know, if I don't eat them fresh, I'll always throw them in the freezer for smoothies as well. Another frozen item that is great is their turkey burgers. Whenever they have those available. They, I think they have two ingredients. It's like turkey and rosemary, I'm pretty sure. Oh, um, wow. So that's another example of a very, you know, whole food based in uh, food. And it's so easy for weeknight dinners as well. So yeah, like I said, I could go on forever. Yeah. They have so many great things, but those so are great. some of the, the main ones that come to mind. <laughs> that's so great. Cause I think it's just such encouragement to prove that, yeah, you can eat healthy. And again, still shop somewhere like Aldi. It doesn't have to be this big or all organic store where you spend so much money. And so uh, I think it's really helpful because I think everyone is feeling the rise of food. Uh, in fact, yeah, the average person is, I think it's 13% that food has risen in our country prices since September of 2021. And so we're all feeling it. What would you say to someone that's like, oh yeah, but being healthy, it's just so expensive. It's just so expensive. What would you say? Yes. And this is something, again, I talk to people about all day, every day. Um, and my number one tip that I recommend to almost everyone, actually everyone, 100% of the people I talk to, is do some level of meal planning. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be complicated. I think the term meal planning freaks people out and they think it has to be like this big ordeal, but it can be as simple as once again, taking inventory of your current kitchen and saying, okay, you know what? We've got some whole wheat pasta in the pantry. We've got some frozen, you know, chicken that we can throw in the air fryer and we've got a bag of frozen vegetables. Boom, there's a meal, you know? And it so it doesn't have to be crazy. It can just be, you know, super simple like that. Um, so oftentimes really just checking out what you already have a lot of times we can make meals with what we have on hand and then you can kind of fill in the blanks with your grocery list. Once again, that can help really reduce food waste, but also significantly reduce food cost because we're being efficient. Because again, I think, you know, I just find it so frustrating to throw food away. I hate yeah. throwing food away, especially now that food is so much more expensive. And even doing, you know, Again, I know this freaks people out, but even if you're able to do a little bit of prep in advance as well, um, you know, if you can pre-chop some vegetables or like make up a, a sauce in, in advance or something like that, even taking those little steps beforehand can make a huge difference because then when the weeknight rolls around and you're scrambling and, you know, all the things are going on, it's a matter of like quickly assembling a meal versus prepping and cooking and doing all the things yes. on the spot. Um, so those are some of my favorite tips that I think can be game changers for eating it. healthy at home. So good. Shannon, thank you so much. This was so helpful. It really was. 
And I love just giving people these tangible ideas and proof that, you know, you can do this. Even though it is hard, it takes intentionality, but it is possible. So thank you so, so much. Where can everyone find you if they want to check out more? Yes, I would love for you guys to come follow along with some of these tips and recipes and all that stuff. So you can find me on Instagram at wellness for the win. And I also have, like I mentioned, my blog is wellnessforthewin.com. And I have tons and tons of recipes that I've been sharing once again since 2015. So I have quite a, a decent library at this point of recipes. Um, and I recently started a podcast. So I share a variety of topics on my podcast, everything from, you know, motherhood to nutrition and just you know, the overarching theme is how can we take better care of ourselves physically, mentally, and emotionally, especially as moms. Um, Again, I think that's a population that I'm really passionate about because I'm in that season of having little ones and it's hard, you know? We just Mm -hmm. have to um, not forget to take care of ourselves because we can't pour from an empty cup and we have to continue to prioritize our our own health um, and that trickles into our family's health as well. Um, Yes, that's kind of what I'm all about. So I would love to have some of your listeners come over and, and listen to my podcast too. For sure, absolutely. Well, you guys check out everything that she's doing such great work. Uh, and thanks again for being on. And, and for you guys, if you love this episode, make sure to share it with a friend. And we know it's possible. We can be healthy, be on a budget, and save money all the way around. So, so great. So today, we're going to look at how the different generations in America compare financially. So you might be wondering where you stand in comparison of the generations before you or after you, or maybe you're just curious about the financial state of your peers and your generation. So either way, we're going to dig into which generation has the most debt and talk through some money strategies that will help them be free from it. But first, I want to look at American debt on average. 77% of American households have some type of debt, and the average person owes over $25,000 of non-mortgage debts. So let's break that down by generation. Now, non-mortgage debt is things like car loans, student loans, that kind of thing. So Gen X, this is people in their early 40s to mid-50s, have by far the most average debt at close to $33,000. Sorry, Gen Xers. And when you look at the other generations, you'll see Gen Z is at almost $11,000. Millennials, who 27,000. Gen X, 32,000. Boomers at 25,000. And the silent Gen at 12,000. Now, credit cards, let's chat about that. This may kind of surprise you because it may feel like your parents' generation were all about the credit cards, but boomers actually come in seconds on credit card debt at $6,700, while Gen X has the highest credit card debt holding, on average, $7,700. Gen X, man, what's happening? So Gen Z, when it comes to credit card debt, owes a little over $2,000, Millennials, $4,600. Gen X, $7,700. Boomers, $6,700. And the silent gen at close to $4,000. And take a guess at who has the highest mortgage debt. Yep, Gen X again. (laughs) Yeah, their mortgage debt is about $245,000. So, 
Gen Xers, man. You got a lot caring, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but you got a lot on you. Now, for mortgage debt, on average, Gen Z is carrying about $172,000. Millennials, $232,000. Gen X, $245,000. Boomers, $191,000. And the silent Gen at $159,000. All right, Gen Xers. So there's probably a good reason why you guys are carrying around all of this debt because, again, you're in your early 40s to mid-50s. So... Not only are you taking care of yourselves, you're taking care of your children, you're probably funding your retirement, thinking about the future, but you're also supporting your aging parents as well. And we found through research that 20% of Gen X says that they will never be able to retire, which is so sad to me that there's like this hopelessness. I mean, I understand why, because it feels like there's so much riding on you guys. You're just at that at that time in life where there's so much responsibility. But listen, if you understand how to get your money house in order, if you understand how to build that solid financial foundation, you are going to be able to overcome this and retire. You can still retire with dignity. Now, again, if you are feeling the pinch, regardless of what generation you're in, there is a way to be able to say, I want to control my money versus my money control me. And one of the best ways to do that, I say all the time here, but it's just true, is to get out of debt. You guys, this is a huge part of building wealth long-term because your income is your largest wealth-building tool. And when your income comes in and it goes back out, you're not able to use your money to make money. You're not able to use your money to let it work for itself. And so this is huge. We send so much of our incomes out to payments. Every generation does. Every generation does. And we are letting go of what can actually cause us to build wealth. So to get out of debt, this is what you want to do, is to get a starter emergency fund of $1,000 first and foremost, okay? This is really crucial. This is your starter emergency fund. Then I want you to list out all of your debt, regardless of interest rates, and list everything out smallest amount to largest amount. You're going to pay minimum payments on everything and attack that smallest debt first. And we find that people do this. They're getting out of debt in 18 to 24 months. And they're having around, on average, $5,300 paid off in 90 days, in the first 90 days. So there is power in this movement of this turnaround. So that debt snowball is huge. And that's really, again, going to help you set the future pace of saying, okay, my income comes in and I'm going to be able to use it to build wealth for me and my family instead of sending it to the bank. Also, I would encourage you to get the help that you need along the way. There's only so much, you know, that you that you know at life. And that's about every area of our life. There's only so much that you know about parenting or about marriage or about health, about wellness, about mental health, about money. And that's what you've been taught or told to your whole life. So sometimes learning something new is a big game changer. And so if money is one of those places in your life that you're thinking, you know, I don't know a ton. I feel like I could be smarter with this, uh, not just in your knowledge, but knowing what to actually do with my money tangibly. I would recommend going through Financial Peace University. This is our nine lesson course that helps you really understand how to control your money and then ultimately build wealth. We always say you live like no one else, you sacrifice, you pay off that debt so later you can live and give like no one else. So here's the deal, you guys. Debt, it's common no matter what generation you're in, but it is worth the time, it is worth the energy to break free from it. And because of this job that I get to do every day, I hear from people, whether it's on social media, on the Ramsey Show, from traveling out to live events, 
The people that have done this, you guys, they really have. They've said, okay, debt does not have to be part of my future anymore. I can decide to do something different. So I just wanna encourage you, regardless of whether you're in the silent gen and you're 85 years old all the way, maybe you're a Gen Zer and you have your first job or you're in college and you're thinking, okay, how can I be smart with my money? Anyone at any point can decide to do something different and to get a different outcome with their money situation today. And that can be you. All right, you guys, I think it's always fascinating to know which generation has the most debt. And I love talking about generations, whether it's style and clothes, movies, music, and also money. All right, I wanna thank Shanna for being on the show and for all of her great tips. And thank you guys so much for listening. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure to hit that follow button. And if the spirit leads, you can leave a review. And as always, make sure to take control of your money and create a life you love.